أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد uh, A question was asked why is it that Allah Ta'ala is referred to with male pronouns in the Quran isn't this sexist or somehow misogynistic um, is this not somehow a, a patriarchal construct of some nebulous ancient world that needs to be overturned now that we're more enlightened and the question seems kind of silly to a, a number of people and I would contend that it is silly but not for the reasons people think it is um, people say there's no such thing as a stupid question I can't agree with that uh, with a straight face while being 100% honest, but uh, I will say that some questions are not stupid for the reasons people think they are, and uh, some questions that people may think are stupid are not stupid at all. So hopefully this will be a, a teaching and learning moment for all of us. So the idea before answering the question, the answer to the question should be really simple, but the idea before answering the question within the framework of Sunni theology is that the one mutlaq, yani, not just general rule, but unlimited rule, rule that has no exception with regards to the nature of God, is that laysa kamithlihi shay. There's nothing like him and there's nothing like anything like him. Jalla wa'ala. Meaning if you can think of it with your intellect, that is not what Allah Ta'ala is. Um, he is fundamentally unknowable by the intellect, the most perfect knowledge that the intellect can know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that anything it can think of uh, Allah ta'ala is not like that thing. So we have this issue in the text of the Quran that sometimes uh, Allah ta'ala, the yad the hand of Allah ta'ala is referred to or the uh, saq the uh, shin uh, is referred to or, uh, you know, Allah Ta'ala is in the hadith, like the right-hand side of Allah Ta'ala is referred to, etc. So the question will come up that, you know, don't these things mean, don't these things mean that Allah Ta'ala has some sort of physical or corporeal body? Um, don't they, don't they imply from the direct text of the Quran that Allah Ta'ala somehow resembles other things? Whereas there's this other text that says that he doesn't resemble, uh, uh things that we can think of or, or know. And Allah Ta'ala actually addresses this issue in his own book also um, and he says in, 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 the, in the beginning ayat of Surah Ali Imran that he's the one who sent down the book uh, and uh, uh, certain verses of the book are muhkamat they're very clear in their delineation and their distinction and their indication what they mean so for example the commandment to you know uh, the, the, the male and female thief cut their, their hands off. Um, the idea is that there is something called theft. What the legal definition of it, we can leave to the fuqaha, but there's something called theft, and whoever is guilty of it by whatever legal standard, uh, um, that, that, that the, you know, the amputation uh, of their hand is the punishment for it, obviously within the construct of a sovereign state that practices uh, the law of Islam and the sacred sharia of Islam, so don't, you know, kids don't try this at home. 
but uh, you know that's very clear in his delineation. It's not an allegory for something or another. That some ayat are muhkamat, they're clear in their delineation, it's very clear what they're talking about. And some ayat, some verses of the Quran are allegorical in what they're indicating. That as for the people who have twistedness, crookedness inside of their hearts, they will seek those allegorical verses. Those allegorical verses will capture their imagination. They will not worry about the other very simple and straightforward teachings of the Qur'an that take a life to uh, practice and implement and that will give so much khair and good to a person in their life in this world and the hereafter, like taking care of the orphans, praying praying uh, on time, fasting in the month of Ramadan, giving regular zakat, um, the, the due of, of, of the poor, you know, uh, being good to your parents, uh, you know, making, uh, you know, solving conflicts between people, etc., etc., worshiping no one except for Allah Ta'ala, honoring the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and all of God's messengers, honoring the people of knowledge, etc. They won't, they, that stuff is like trite. It's not interesting to them. So what they'll do is they'll, their imagination and their attention will be all completely captured by these allegorical, um, verses, um, uh, and they'll seek those allegorical verses out and they'll seek the punishment of God by trying to interpret them. Even though nobody understands what the ta'wil of those verses are. Nobody understands what the correct interpretation of those verses are. The idea in Islam is that everybody has to come to terms with there being certain things they'll never understand. And if you can't come to terms with that, then Islam is not a good religion for you because the word Islam itself means to submit your will to uh, to the Lord. And if you can't accept that there may be things that you don't understand, uh, um, then there's no submission there uh, at all, and it's not really going to work out. So... Uh, Allah Ta'ala Himself gives an interpretive framework of how to deal with if there's anything uh, in the Qur'an that's mentioned that implies um, the attributes of created things or even knowable things to the holy essence of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, um, then that's an incorrect interpretation. وَلَا يَعْلَمُ تَأْوِيلَهُ إِلَّا اللَّهِ and Nobody knows except for, uh, nobody knows the interpretation of those allegorical uh, um, you know, parts of the Qur'an except for Allah. وَالرَّاسِخُونَ فِي الْعِلْمِ يَقُولُونَ آمَنَّا بِهِ كُلُّ مِنْ عِنْدِ رَبِّنَا And the people who are firm in knowledge, they say we believe in all of it, all of it comes from our Lord. Meaning that the parts we understand, the parts we don't understand, all of it, we, the, the common thread between all of it is that we believe all of it is from our Lord, but we're able to, uh, you know, vouchsafe and consign the knowledge of certain things with Allah Ta'ala and say we don't know. And to be able to say you don't know, uh, to be able to say I don't know for every Muslim is uh, part of the bedrock of our, uh, of our, uh, our tradition. And the irony is that by pretending to know something you don't know, you'll never learn it. It doesn't mean you do know, and it will close the door, it'll slam the door shut for learning and benefiting uh, in the future. Whereas if you say, I don't know, even to something you do know, then maybe uh, the door is open for you to even uh, increase in knowledge more about it. And definitely the door is open for you to know the thing that you knew not from before. The whole point of the wahi is to teach insan the thing that he didn't know. And the thing that he wouldn't have known without without that wahi and without that revelation. So the idea is yes, when the Quran refers to the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, or, or other allegorical uh, um, references to the different sifat, the different 
um, attributes of Allah Ta'ala, then we say that, that any attribute that indicates um, any sort of resemblance to the creation, it's from the Mutashabihat, it's completely allegorical. What the real meaning of it is, God knows best. He mentioned it in his Quran, and it has a meaning, we just don't know what that meaning is. And uh, whatever the true meaning is, we consign it and vouchsafe it to the knowledge of our Lord, and we say that Allah knows what the meaning of this, and what the meaning of it is, is something that's appropriate for his being God. Um, and he knows what that is. So coming back to the question, now that we know this is, this is like a general framework of how to deal with all of these things, you know, and as a small side note, many people are atheists. And I think the reason that they're atheists is not because they don't believe in Allah, but because they don't believe in a, a kind of a human type uh, picture of Allah Ta'ala that many of the Jews and Christians and even the Firaq the misguided, uh, uh, misguided uh, uh, um, sectarian groups that claim Islam uh, have made for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, so uh, what they disbelieve in is something that we also disbelieve in. So when the question comes up, how come God has, you know, uh, um, a, you know, how come the male pronoun is used for him and not the female pronoun? The strictly speaking, uh, um, the, the, the answer that comes forth is that, um, that the pronoun that is used to describe Allah ta'ala is uh, complete, the fact that it carries gender is completely one of the mutashabihat. It doesn't imply any sort of similarity to the creation, male or female. And an extension to that answer is that if anybody believes or feels that uh, Allah Ta'ala has any sort of maleness because of the, 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 the masculine pronoun referring to him, um, then that itself is kufr. We consider that to be disbelief. Allah Ta'ala doesn't resemble his creation to attribute uh, attributes of the creation to him is, is, is disbelief. Um, and it's to not know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And, uh, uh, so in that sense, then asking why is, why is the male pronoun used and not the female pronoun used? It's, um, you know, an attempt to, uh, ascribe gender and ascribe meaning to something that the Quran itself says that you will never know what the meaning of it is. And he has no similarity to his creation. As an interesting side note, by the way, uh, English has three grammatical genders. You know, the difference between grammatical gender and biological gender. And now there's like a gender identity. So like grammatical gender is like, you know, which set of pronouns you use to refer to something. And biological gender is like what set of reproductive organs you have. And now we have also have this idea that maybe somebody may have, uh, uh, you know, they can, they, they may have uh, a, a, a uh, gender they attribute to themselves based on their own self identity that may be different than their biological gender or whatever. And without getting into that, that's fine. Maybe somebody feels like that, whether legally it receives sanction in the Sharia or not, that's a different issue. But maybe someone feels like that. They feel like that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to question how a person feels inside. Um, the idea is, the idea is that English has three grammatical genders. It has the masculine gender, the feminine gender, and the neuter gender. So generally for, for living things that actually have biological organs, we give the masculine gender for those things that have the masculine uh, reproductive organs, the female gender for those things that have female reproductive organs, and the neuter gender, we say it for, uh, you know, inanimate things like the book, right? It's a good book. We don't say he's a good book or she's a good book. We say it's a good book. 
Um, we do have certain peculiar usages. For example, we refer to like ships as, uh, as, as, as grammatically female. So we'll say, yeah, she's a fine vessel. It doesn't mean that like that ship can like get pregnant and have children or has like a certain set of genitalia or, you know, like other, th- like, you know, other things that we associate with the feminine gender. It's just a custom that we refer to a ship using, uh, the feminine, uh, feminine, uh, feminine, uh, grammatical gender, because there's a difference between grammatical gender and biological gender. Well, Arabic has, Arabic has two genders. It has uh, masculine and feminine. So for example, you'll say he's a good book and you'll say she's a very hot fire and you'll say she's a beautiful, uh, uh, you know, she's a beautiful sky and she's a beautiful sun and he's a beautiful moon. Does that mean that the sun is, you know, uh, you know, the sun has periods and the moon has, is able to like, you know, like get, you know, something else pregnant or that like, you know, uh, you know, fire is filled with estrogen, whereas water is filled with testosterone, uh, or any of these things. Absolutely not. It's a completely, it's a grammatical issue there. It's a completely grammatical issue. And so it is possible in, in Arabic for things to take grammatical gender without having any sort of, without having any sort of connection to some sort of biological uh, something or another. Now, is it misogynistic to say that fire is feminine and water is masculine? Um, you know, someone can have that debate as long as, uh, as long as like philosophy and linguistics departments have funding. Uh, I'm sure there'll be all sorts of, uh, uh, you know, papers written about it, imagining the other, uh, cross interdisciplinary narratives regarding uh, grammatical gender and misogyny in, you know, classical Arabic literature or whatever. It's fine. Hey man, someone funds you more power to you. Uh, grad school, uh, you know, paid off. Ching, you can go fly around and present at conferences and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hate on another person for, you know, uh, making a living. But the idea is that the, the idea that like, you know, a person would conceive, I think the greater tragedy in all of this is that a person could conceive of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created the heavens and the earth from nothing to whom even time and space are a microcosm of his creation. They, they, even time and space don't envelop him that, uh, you know, that, that people would look at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who transcends all of these, uh, all of these, uh, uh, all of these small uh, things and in front of whom all things are small that someone could try to, uh, you know, uh, capture him into such a very small and limited understanding, anthropomorphic understanding, uh, uh, um, that, that could be an issue for a person. I'm not insulting the person asking the question. I'm just saying that, you know, in retrospect, after ha- having explored the issue slightly, that that's, uh, you know, that's a little unfair with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, uh, uh Allah ta'ala, inshallah, forgive us for our sins and Allah ta'ala, uh, honor us by allowing his greatness to enter into our heart and may he rectify our, our thoughts and our feelings and our speech and our actions, uh, and that they be pleasing to him and that we worship him in the way that pleases him and that he accept it from us on the day of judgment and that he, uh, continue to shower his blessings on us in this world and the hereafter and that he be pleased with us. Uh, wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam ajma'in.